Hey, Jason. I'll say it again. I'm not playing Jesse's girl. Yes. <laughs> Where does Captain Hook get his hooks from? The secondhand store. <laughs> <laughs> it's an all hands podcast. <laughs> Musician Mindset is a conversation series that extracts the performance and preparation thought process from world-class musicians, leaving you with wisdom and exercises to level up your musical journey. All right. Good morning, everyone. Our guest today is Michael Seaman. Hey, hey. Michael is an LA-based pianist, composer, and music director attracting the attention of audiences and musicians alike for his passionate and fresh take on the jazz and pop traditions. His work has been featured in Netflix's new animated movie, The Monkey King. That's a great title. I know. The South Dakota Symphony's 2023 concert series, HBO's Perry Mason, Engelbert Humperdinck's 2021 Reflections International Tour, and his own 12-piece jazz big band, The Fresh Rhythm with Luke Carlson. And with Dave Johnston. (laughs) Yeah, from time to time, (laughs) occasionally. Welcome, Michael. Hello. Yes, Great to welcome. be here. Yeah, cool. You know what? You know David Arana? Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Right, you, yeah you guys did Engelbert together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. when we had met. Although, yeah. I guess right around that time. We had met right before because he, uh, you weren't on the gig at the time, but we did a private event together in Billy Grubman, oh, should I say, his backyard <laughs> in, uh, in Beverly Hills. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's where you first met? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cool. How long have you been a gigging musician? Like pro, um, pro, pro gigging. I mean, basically right out of the college. I, even before uh, finishing college, that's kind of what I spent all my time doing. And even like throughout high school. Okay. Um, started doing just like a lot of musical theater mm-hmm. work when I was young. And so thankful to have done it too. Like you learn like a lot of reading that way. And I'm like working with like a lot of um, like pros young, which is real nice. And you still do a lot of musical theater, right? Or Less some, now. Yeah. But you still do some. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like two, three shows a year. Yeah. It's not much. Gotcha. Yeah. So that, I think that's a, a, a good segue into our first question, which is the title of the show, Musician's mm-hmm. Mindset. Um, we want to know what is your current musician mindset? And that could be whatever you want. You can yeah. describe it however you want. But what does that mean to you and where are you at with that? I've been really trying to focus on balance recently mm. um, with regards to like how much time I'm focusing on like personal and like professional growth, but then also just enjoying you know the time that i have um like being able to be gigging being able to support myself doing that i feel like it's such a rare thing and because i'm so thankful for i really like want to enjoy my time in addition to just like grinding and and worrying about uh money and playing all the time that makes sense totally makes sense i'm I'm right there with you so like what, what do you do on a weekly basis to make sure that you're maintaining the balance that you're after it's a good question i suppose uh I have like a lot of like habits in place that um, are focused on practice and, um, you know, like professional skills, but also a lot of habits that are just about cooking and um, like doing stuff around the house, reaching out to friends. I try and like reach out to like old friends to like mm-hmm. catch up once mm-hmm. a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I feel like we live in such like a good place um, to do that. There's like a lot of people that come here, a lot of people that visit and, um, it always feels bad when, like, I have a friend that comes by and I don't get to really see them, uh, and then I won't see them again for like years at a time. Sure, yeah. taking advantage of the opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. So, where did 
where did your skill set for you know processing how your week works and how you categorize these things have you developed that or is this something you've always done developed it had to and uh, consciously too okay so let's yeah. let's go there because this is i think really good for people to mm. to hear like what is your process on developing a skill like take it a non-musical skills a mm -hmm. professional skill or life skill how do you attack something like that hmm i guess if you're trying to consciously develop I mean, I really would come back to like building a habit is probably the most important thing. And like focusing on, you know, the uh, traditions like around your routine, trying to enjoy like building that habit. Um, I think if you're trying to say, I mean, say if it was a musical skill, you wanted to learn a new instrument and you were super inspired to do so at first, you wanted to say, learn acoustic guitar starting from nothing. I think a really bad way to go about that would to be just to try and play as much as possible, as quickly as possible, full inspiration, no like um, determined, or what's the word? You know, you build something over time. Like uh, structure and discipline. Yeah, no yeah. structure, just, oh, I wanna learn this, I wanna learn this. And that's great. You know, you definitely wanna take advantage of it when it comes, but if you don't have any sort of like structure to your practice, I mean, you're probably not gonna stick with it for very long. Right. And I think, you know, you say that about guitar, but you could say that about literally uh, any skill that you do in life mm -hmm. because having the structure in place will sustain you through the days and weeks when you don't feel like practicing mm -hmm. you're yeah. you're like sticking to your habit that you already made absolutely yeah, yeah the inspiration is often fleeting but yeah. the habit is not yeah so sticking on habits one of my favorite quotes is excellence is a habit mm -hmm. uh, can you resonate with that at all and, and if so like how do you incorporate uh a standard of excellence for yourself when acquiring new habits. Hmm. I suppose that um, I'm attempting to like keep my practice time pretty focused, like free of distraction. And if you practice in an excellent way, I figure then you must play excellently. Right. Um, but I guess I have a hard time um, moving that outside of the music world. You know, I don't really, I'm, I'm not really trying to like practice cooking ever and trying to do that excellently. That's just more about having fun. But what about like your professionalism? Hmm. Uh, instrumentalist, good. Composer, good. But like your professionalism as a musician and how it relates to, you know, practicing as a, as a professional and all the details that come with being a professional musician. Um, can you talk about habits that you've formed that have led to excellent results Absolutely. in your career? Oh, yeah. Um, I think there are some easy ones, maybe even like low-hanging fruit level of yep. things that you can do um, that I think like immediately show you results. Um, every week, um, I've got a day put aside to, even if I don't send invoices to any clients for the week, I'll just write them down so that I have them for my own records. Hmm. On that same day, um, I'll update all of my like public calendars, um, which just like automatically connects to my website so that, I mean, cause so often you just get a text from someone random like, hey, like we'd love to come and see you or one of your bands uh, playing this week, where is it? And if you can just send them, here's my entire list of everything public coming up. It's so easy. Like I go on so many of my friends' uh, like music websites and look at their calendars and they're like, half of them are empty, you know? Right. And if you want to go see them, then it's it's not super easy because you, you can ask them, they're like, oh, I've got so-and-so show coming up. And they're like, oh, I can't make that. Right. But if you've got like all 20 of them there, you can just be like, oh, I'd love to come see you at Big Potato or whatever, you right. know? Right. 
yeah, I think those are two easy ones. Other than that, like dealing with like personal finances, dealing with, um, you know, like how much I'm practicing daily and putting aside some time each week to just kind of keep tabs on that. So you set aside one day a week that's like all admin. Yeah. And just miscellaneous yeah. sitting at the computer. Mm hmm. Keeping your it life doesn't in even order. take that long to do, yeah. you know, like you can knock all that stuff in like an hour or two. Yeah. Um, and if even if you're not working that much, it'll be even less than that. Yeah. But just building that routine has been I've only been doing it maybe for like two, three years. But um, it's been so like helpful to yeah. do. I'll give you this is kind of a stupid example, but um, <clears throat> for all of us being self-employed, obviously, we have to keep track of our mileage every year. Mm -hmm. How many miles we drive to gigs, you submit it to your CPA at the end of the year. Back in the day, I never would keep track of it during the year. And so before my tax appointment, I would spend hours going back through my calendar and putting it all into Google Maps and recreating <laughs> how many miles I went, which obviously is not going to be very precise. Like so much work. Yeah. yeah, it was terrible. So now I just have a thing every Tuesday morning at nine in the morning. I do that. And it, just like you're saying, it takes five minutes because yeah. it's wherever I went that past week. And I, when I get home from a gig, I put it in my notes app and then I just put it all into a spreadsheet. And if you do it once a week, it's five minutes and it's not some giant mountain that mm -hmm. you have to do once a year. Yeah. Uh, okay. I got a bunch of questions I've been writing down here as you've been talking excellent content so far. Thank you. What do you think prohibits musicians from forming habits that will propel their career? Professional habits, not instrument habits. I think it's a matter of uh, like knowledge, like the the like they people might not believe that that's what could make uh, a meaningful change or or if they do think that a habit is, is kind of the way to go forward they don't know how to like really uh keep track of it and make like set aside time for it because it's not difficult to do physically it's right. just uh something that you have to decide and know that that's like a, a good tool that you have mm -hmm. So how, if, if there's somebody listening to the show, I like to, when, when, when I ask questions, I like to keep it in the frame of if there's a 21 year old musician listening to this uh, podcast, how can we give them the most value? Mm -hmm. Right. So if there's someone that's coming out of music college right now, and they're listening to you speak. Uh, what would you tell them is the best way to form uh, non-musical habits and second question with that is what do you think the first habit would be to help propel their career i think your first question is relatively easier the second one i'm not so sure the first question um how to build it have some way to keep track of it get Metrics, yeah. you know like the notes app on your phone get an app just for like habit stuff put it on your calendar set aside time stuff just have something that's like written down you know just the act of either putting it on the calendar or recording what you've done somewhere, mm -hmm. I think is, is really powerful. But like your first habit, I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. um, well, let me reframe the question then. Like what, what has been a uh, professional musician habit or life habit uh, that you've uh, formed over the past two or three years that has made the most change? You know, then I would have to, it's, it's difficult to define it as a habit, but I would say keeping track of your income expenses oh. when it comes to gigging. Because um, one, it keeps you on top of your money, on top of your spending. Sure, that's great. That's good life um, like advice for anyone. But um, it gives you a good idea too of like the work that you are getting 
what's sometimes uh, there's like certain bands that feel like I'm making a lot from them, but you look back and you're actually only playing with them like maybe like once every few months or so. Um, I would say that um, taking stock of your work is probably like one of the easiest things that you could start to do. It doesn't take that much time and probably has benefits for you quickly. But that said, that's also kind of from the uh, perspective of you've already got like a good practice routine in, in place. Sure. I would say that if you, you should probably start there mm -hmm. or, um, yeah. The, the business of being a musician, right? Like this is something you, we've been talking about here for the past couple of weeks and you're, you're bringing it up as well. It's like looking at your career as number one, like let's understand that mm -hmm. a career, like the, the actual playing and the gigs you get is like the end of the chain of events, but you also have to be focusing on the financials of mm -hmm. it, right? But not like, well, how much money am I getting? But just like you said, like, does this project yield more results than this project? Right. And like, how do I funnel all of my finances through this? And I, I wonder how many people are just not really doing that because I feel that having control of your, your cash flow will just buy you so much freedom. Absolutely. Right. And then you can get back to the balance like you're talking mm -hmm. about because you don't have to feel like you have to chase after every gig, right? Mm -hmm. If you're, if you're, choosing gigs and you're you're wise and a good steward with your finances then you just get that control to go all right you know what maybe i don't need to drive across town for mm -hmm. this gig for this kind of money because if i just have budgeted a little bit better then i can spend that time cooking yeah. or hanging out with friends yeah. which is going to lead to a, i think a better professional career because you're going to feel more balanced mm -hmm. right you're not going to get burnt out absolutely you want to uh, wrap on that yeah well the the thing you said about keeping track of your income and expenses it is very valuable i don't know how many people do that actually i don't talk to a lot of people about that but one thing that i do with the program that i use on my computer i will uh subcategorize gigs based on so for example if i make a deposit the broad category it will say gigs mm -hmm. and then the subcategory it could say sessions teaching jazz sure uh cabaret singer songwriter like I probably have like 15 of those things, you know, mm -hmm. um, or, you know, contracting even or whatever. So that's really cool, especially at the end of the year, because you can just select, say, all mm -hmm. dates last year and you can look right in front of you. I made so much more money Absolutely, uh, playing yeah. whatever than playing jazz or <laughs> literally <laughs> having just like a 12 month sum of income is so nice because yeah. it's impossible to see while you're in the forest, yeah. you know, Definitely. but when you're looking down, you'd be like, oh. It but turns out like, doing this accompanist work is actually really paying most of my... Exactly. Yeah. And it, it's like you said, sometimes you're surprised by the results because mm -hmm. it doesn't... Maybe you're putting in a lot of time and energy on something that's not the most money or vice versa. Like, I made all this money on something that didn't take me that much work. But mm -hmm. they don't. those don't always equate to each other. Yeah. It's cool to be able to see it like that. The, the data is super important. I mean, I look at it like just... I come at it from a business perspective. Last night, we spent three hours just looking at spreadsheets and totally enjoying it <laughs> like, <laughs> of course you know what i mean just like like getting that you know, on my whiteboard in here you can see yesterday i had a brainstorming session about trying to figure out uh how much uh how many leads we were getting as a percentage uh of the marketing dollars spent 
Right. And and then I had an instructor in here uh, asking me a question. I'm in here writing on the whiteboard, and I'm like, well, you know, like we're getting 1.3% of this, but if we do this, then it's going to go up to 2%. And their jaw was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, 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 you don't get this? <laughs> so yeah, much right. to look forward to. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But to me, I feel like the data is power. Yeah. You know, because you get to make I just really informed decisions. And I feel like as a musician, if you know you're looking at okay, well I I spent I uh, made this much money doing these kind of gigs. Well, next year if I just focus a little bit more of my energy, then I can project that my income is going to go up. And I think the power in that is not only being able to project your income in a you know for an independent contractor. That's it's very hard to do, and something you would want to do is mm-hmm. get some kind of reasonable baseline. Um, but getting to the thing that we were talking about last week. Um, if you know you're going to invest time here and you're going to get more capital, then that allows you to be, I think, a little more free with the projects that you could, you want to invest your time in, mm-hmm. right? And not expect a capital return, mm-hmm. but more of a longer term play, right? Absolutely. Like we do it with yeah. stocks, right? So it's like it's like okay, well, I'm going to make this bet because I think in ten years this thing's going to work out well. Well, I'm not going to put all my capital into that. I'm going to put what I think I'm willing to bet. So same thing with the, with the projects. You know, it's like if I know I'm making X amount of money doing these kind of projects, good. I'm going to I'm going to take on two or three more of those as opposed to this gig. And instead of doing this gig, I'm going to invest in projects that I'm passionate about, yeah. right? That I'm willing to bet on an artist or I'm willing to bet on um, this film project, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or, or something that you feel like, okay, like I feel like this could be really good. There's not enough money now, but you don't have to sweat it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're not, you're not worried about, you know, is I, they have, they're not going to pay me. Am I, what am I going to do? So it's just super important. It's uh, like that's you cool, said, that's where the freedom comes from because yeah. having the knowledge of where things are at currently, it allows you to have freedom to invest into any given direction you want to go in the future mm-hmm. as opposed to just living day to day. Yeah. It takes a lot of like the emotion out of um, like choosing to do what with your time. And instead yeah. you can look at what you know is fact. Yep. So the, where, where did you, where did that come from for you? Like the understanding, like just like the budgeting, is this something that you grew up with that you, that you knew or I don't think so. I think that's it. I would imagine that some, form of that happens to any sort of self-employed person. Mm-hmm. You kind of at some point have to go through uh, a point where you realize I need to take stock. That happened, yeah, about a couple of years ago for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it something that I think is like uh, specific to musicians? Probably not, right? You're saying, yeah, all self-employed people. Yeah. yeah. But as a musician, though, like, like what was the event that or events or whatever happened like to make to, that made you make that mental pivot and go, all right, like let's, let's start dialing this in a little bit. It was probably, um, it was probably like a specific call for a gig that did it. I don't wow. entirely remember, but it was one where I suddenly got a check that was much higher than any sort of check that I had received before that date. Mm-hmm. And, uh, made me think, I don't know really what to do with this. <laughs> Like I wasn't like gigging full time at the time and I probably just kind of put it into my bank account and forgot about it. Um, or sorry, before that, I would have done that but, uh, mm-hmm. after receiving that. Um, it made me realize that I, I should have at least been thinking about where my money was coming from and going. Okay, cool. Uh, I had a question here. Let me pull that real up. Um, what are some common, I'll just say bad habits that you've noticed uh, working in the industry with with other musicians that you're like 
I'm probably not going to be working with that person again because of that. Like now, in like you in a leadership position, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ascending in your career, you've seen it all, right? You've seen the good and the bad, and obviously you want to surround yourself with the good. Yeah. What are some of the the bad habits that you've seen? Just so people out there listening can be like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be doing these sure. kind of things. Bad rehearsal etiquette is an easy one. Let's go down that yeah. path. I love it. Go ahead. I mean, it at some point, you know, if it's your personality, then it's your personality. But uh, I think that's probably the main reason that I hear people kind of like falling out of uh, like the gig roster with a band leader or someone that that is contracting is bad etiquette on a gig, bad etiquette in rehearsal. Um, obviously like they're they're all easy things you know show up on time with the right instrument wearing the right thing um which is admittedly sometimes kind of difficult to do no one's got like a perfect record on that Mm -hmm. but it's easy to be above like 80 90 percent with that not being a problem in rehearsal just being someone that's good to work with i know that you guys have touched upon this before um Oh yeah, the the hang well, yeah. comes up. It's yeah, so many guests. Yeah, I'm curious, sure. what do you consider like rehearsal etiquette specifically? We haven't talked about that. Um, I don't think it's entirely that different from uh, gig etiquette. Yeah. Um, but in rehearsals, it's much looser. It's much more about like us, you know, creating something together. But yeah, if, if um, you know, you're you're causing things to like run out of time, you're just causing things to get completely derailed, or like you're not playing like for the ensemble you know not for the group and just kind of just going crazy even though it's really not the time um yeah i mean there's there's places for it but most of the time i I feel like um when i'm at least contracting a band contracting a rehearsal we've got a job we want to get this done we want to get through this music and um i want to hire people that share that same goal can i give you one of mine Sure. A pet peeve of rehearsal etiquette. Um, I feel like it's guitar players and bass players a lot noodling when people are talking. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Drives me. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. Crazy. Yes, crazy. Because so a, no one wants to hear that shit, and b, <laughs> like it's b, true. you're trying to hear the person that's speaking. Yeah. Anyway, you know, and then right. now you're competing with noise pollution, mm-hmm. and that comes back to I think a habit. Yeah. Um, because. I think that mostly when people do it, they're not aware that they're doing they're it. Not, yeah, they're 100%. not. I think it's a bad habit. Yeah, Dude, I can speak to that. I just I, I had an instructor that I was uh, uh, I had a meeting with last week because there was noodling going on during the lesson. I could hear it, yeah. you know. And this week after week after week, and then we had a parent complain. So I pulled him aside and explained the situation. Totally unaware that it was happening. Exactly. Right. Just he's well, I, I literally he literally said well, it was just a habit. Yeah. And okay, great. Time to form a new one. Right. Um, uh, uh, so I, I really think it's just people are just so yeah. used to playing their your instruments instrument. in your hand. Yeah. You're playing. Yeah. It's yeah. natural. I get it. But yeah, everyone needs to be pulled aside and told that. Absolutely. Or and listen yeah. to this podcast. And, 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 yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I also think that that uh, the noodling and like the the uh, the unawareness of that really is a detriment to your musicianship because if the, the if, if you were trying to be like an authentic musician at least in my uh viewpoint of what an authentic musician is you're focusing on the note that you're playing right now right mm-hmm. and like really committed to that but if you're like 
just constantly doing like this, and you're training your brain just to play. There's like yeah. mindlessness to exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. right? So that's going to tr- that's going to trickle down and be in your playing. Yeah. Uh, and you might not even, even realize it. You could be on a gig with somebody, and you know they're saying, "Here, play a, a, a one six four five progression," and then you're just like riffing over it because, mm-hmm. like, hey, that's what I'm doing. They said that. No, yeah. <laughs> that's not not what you do. You know, <laughs> like. Um, yeah, I, I'm 100% with you on that. I've heard drum right. teachers over the years, like not my teachers, but, you know, people online or whatever, they'll say, oh, you know, put on the TV and play paradiddles for 30 minutes because it's just about your muscle memory or, you know, you're, you're getting in the reps of the the body making mm-hmm. the motion and whatever. I totally am against that because of the exact mm-hmm. thing you just said, that there's mm-hmm. a disconnect between your mind and what you're playing. Mm-hmm. I'm adamantly against that. Yeah. But you hear people give advice like that all the time. Yeah, man. I've 100% heard of people that like play, you know, even something beyond like a rudimentary exercise, like while the TV's on Mm -hmm. and they're like watching sports or something. Yeah. Yeah. Seems insane. Yeah. And I I feel like there must be something to the just pure rote repetition, but I feel like that it's got to be like way smaller than doing something for 30 minutes, you know? Yeah. And I don't, I still don't think there's ever a scenario where your mind shouldn't be engaged in it you know, mm-hmm. in what you're playing. So at a professional level, like I think that the, the noodling on any instrument during a, a like a, an MD discussion, that is a hard no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> yeah. on, on a professional level, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, it's one thing we got to train the kids in here. Like, cause you know, that some of them will do that and, and we definitely train them on that. Push-ups are part of the repertoire. Um, yeah. But um <laughs> If you are a professional and you're doing this like at a gig, like to me, that seems like one of the fastest ways to never get a gig yeah, again. Yeah. Because it just so shows such a lack of respect. Yeah. You know, like we're not here to listen to you like noodle around. We're here to yeah. get a job done. Mm-hmm. And it shows a lack of self awareness. Yeah, yeah, man, totally. And so you're not being paid for that stuff, you know. <laughs> right. Art Blakey says only the birds sing for free. <laughs> <laughs> um. What is your line in the sand as far as like, we'll talk about rehearsals mm-hmm. and then maybe gigs that we, that we are like, if this person does this or I saw them do that, they will never get hired again. Take that, the noodling out. Yeah. Of it. I would say probably like some sort of bad communication. You know, yeah. you're running late and nobody knows about it. You, mm-hmm. you have some sort of problem mm-hmm. and you don't text or call the MD. Mm-hmm. Um, cause Making then assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause then if you're hiring if you're on the receiving end of that it's just like fear you're suddenly looking for other people on that day you know not just moving forward right uh yeah that's just that's like the kind of like the worst kind of stress right there you know and it's so easy to do you know yeah being late is never great but it can be mitigated by at least communicating yeah 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 and you know if you're planning well even when you're late you won't really be late you know right Late is on time. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. Okay. Uh, any other any other th- uh, things that you would have seen musicians do that that you that got got them off your list? Mm. You know, it's tough to say. It, it's it's when I think of particular people, it's always kind of like a combination of different stuff. I'd say that there's a couple of things that um, like do the opposite. You know, little things that people can do that are like a really big win as far as like um, the the ensemble, which is always just like clearly like preparing stuff beforehand. It doesn't have to be much, you know, but if you look through a book beforehand, I, I think at least I always notice, you know, yeah. Um, oh, sure. yeah. 
stuff like just good communication, something as simple as like uh, like responding to an email with like a got it kind of like acknowledgement kind of thing. Um, yeah, good etiquette is a, is a great way to keep a gig. And then this kind of all goes on the assumption that uh, you can play the part that you've, you know, you got um, what it takes to actually fill that role too, musically mm -hmm. at least. What what is that for you? So let's we'll pivot to a musical discussion now. Like, mm -hmm. what is got it or like know the part for you? So if you, so you want to hire a musician, mm -hmm. any instrument, what what? How do you view that? Yeah, I think a general way that you could um, really play to an ensemble is uh, the knowledge of like your role as it goes through the show. Um, so deciding, and this I really think should be like a conscious decision when you want to play out and when you want to like support. Mm. Um, and if you in a big group, you should be supporting most of the time. If you're in a small group, you should be leading way more often than when you were supporting. But making that conscious decision, which fills are going to pop out of the texture, which ones are fully behind and just supporting whoever's lead at the time. Um, I think that's a really, really easy way to play to the role. And that seems like it would be pretty universal, whether you are, you know, in like a trio when you're doing something with a really large group, whether you're doing it with vocals or all instrumental. Yeah. So to state it broadly, uh, listening. Yeah. You know, just listening and listening to what's going on around you mm -hmm. and adapting. Yeah. Have you developed that over the the course of your career? I I, I try. Yeah. <laughs> you are you articulate it excellently. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So what what have you done over the course of uh, your years playing as a pro to work on that? All of my work this week has been uh, in big bands. I've just been at like doing rehearsals this week. Um, and it's whenever you're playing as a pianist with guitar in a big band, there's always a trade-off of like how much busyness you're going to contribute, how much energy you're going to contribute to just the rhythm section. Something as easy as just like, you know, looking at the other person, constantly listening to like what needs to happen um, rhythmically and harmonically, um, and listening in your head to you know, what kind of sound does this rhythm section like want to achieve at the time that will really easily, I think, inform your decision as to when you want to stick out, when you want to be, um, back, you know, as part of just the section. Great. Dude, you're awesome. I, I <laughs> appreciate I, that, man. I really hope people are listening. Like, <laughs> like you know, because I mean? this is, this is exactly the kind of content that, mm -hmm. uh, is invaluable to, mm -hmm. to younger musicians. So on, on that vein, what would what do you know now and it could be more than one thing that you wish you knew coming out of music college that has helped your career how long of a pause can i take here as long as you want <laughs> dave will tell jokes he's got plenty of them i'll silently oh well i'll, I'll hum jesse's girl <laughs> that didn't take just, long uh, you can pull an obama look uh, uh here's the thing you know, something I think that is something that I'm starting to realize more is um, I, I really used to focus a lot about um, like practicing and like wanting to be able to do the next thing. And like there are like, you know, so many great guys in town that just can play so unbelievably like fluently on their instrument. And I'm still always striving to get to that next stage, but also just like really enjoying what we do. Um I'm not the best in town, but I'm also, I don't think anywhere close to the worst anymore, which I'm very thankful for. 
Um, and to just enjoy your playing. Mm -hmm. I love playing the piano. Mm -hmm. I love playing for people. I love performing for others. Um, enjoying what I do is something that I'm now focusing more on and I'm loving what I do more because of it. It's so great that you said that. That's exactly mm. what I was saying about where I'm at with my musicianship last week or two weeks ago when we recorded. Uh, is that I, I'm mentally right? I'm right there with mm -hmm. you. You say that, and I'm like smiling because I'm like, yeah, dude, <laughs> like like me too. I just want to enjoy playing. Mm -hmm. And the past maybe 15 months or so, that has been my sole focus as a musician. Yeah, right. Just love what you're doing. And if I found that it's really helped my inspiration, like I started writing again, I hadn't written in, you know, maybe 15 years or so, but it was just because I had that joy and remembering what it was like at the early stages of learning to play an yeah. instrument. Um, because when you start off your career, it's, there's so much pressure, yeah. you know, like that you put on yourself, uh, like I'm out here to make it, you know, and then you, you start to see the caliber of musicians that are out here and you're like, Oh my gosh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and you just keep driving and driving and you can very easily steer away from that passion in the first place. Right. And it becomes more about the, the game, yeah. so to say, just the ambition. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, but to circle back and get that passion back, you know, is I, I think a wonderful thing. So if people can do that, just hold on to that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, while you're, you're ascending, uh, and walking your journey, I think it, that would, that would have helped me a lot more mm -hmm. for sure. So I'm really glad to hear you say that. I feel like too, if you are finishing school right now, even if you think that you are at the bottom, you've already, I assume if you went to like a college to study music, you're already like four years better. I assume than where you started, you must already have something to look back on and be like, you know, I really enjoy my playing or singing right now. Right. Oh, man. Great. I'll pass it over to you. Yeah. Yeah. There's almost a stoic element to that where you're just enjoying it. That's, I think that is a level of maturity to be able to hold two things simultaneously, which is striving to improve and climb the ladder and all that stuff. But at the same time, um, be mindful and present to enjoy where you're at right now and possible to do those two things both at the same time do you but think, I think like, that's a maturity to do that do you think it's difficult to do like i mean we we're talking about this that it's only like a recent thing that we've been thinking about but i'm wondering like why didn't i already think that when i was you know well, even starting out you know no i think it's really hard dude i have really good friends who can hardly ever enjoy anything because they just always want the next thing better 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 mm -hmm. more and more and there are people in my life where I sit them down and I'm like, look, there's a lot of great stuff happening. Enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay to go for the next thing, but enjoy yourself, you know, enjoy your life. You got a lot of good stuff going on. So yeah. I, yeah. Maybe it's uh, easier for some people than others. I yeah. There was, uh, I was listening to Tim Ferriss uh, a couple of days ago and he had a guest on that was talking about, no, it wasn't, it wasn't Tim Ferriss. It was, um, uh, uh, investors podcast uh, with Preston, I don't know if you listen to that one. Mm -hmm. um, anyhow, they had a guy in there talking about uh, abundance. And the concept was that th the money isn't yours. You just have it, right? So you just enjoy what, what you're doing with it. And it's the same thing with the musical skill, right? It's like the, you, you have the musical skill. It's not going to go away. It will get better. It could get worse, right? But you have it. So just enjoy it and, and let go of the, of the pressures. Incredibly hard to do, mm -hmm. you know, but 
So is getting a hold of your finances. So is like not noodling on a rehearsal. Like <laughs> any habit worth forming uh, is comes at a cost, right? And the cost is discipline for sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, none of this is easy to do. For, but, you know, why do we have that now? I think it's because, you know, we were further on down the road, but I don't feel like we couldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just nobody was whispering in their ears saying, just do this yeah. now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I put a, a different quote on my fridge every week. Oh, and cool. the quote this week is Abraham Lincoln. And it's he says, um, basically, discipline is thinking about what, what you want now versus what you want most. So yeah. discipline yeah. is, in other words, you know, delayed gratification, all sure. those kinds of things. Sure. That's the hmm. idea. Where do you, you get know? your quotes from? Oh, dude, I collect quotes. I've collected for you. I have about 400. Oh, I'm actually man. putting a book together. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I collect them mostly from things I read. I write down, uh-huh. uh, you know, things that grab me. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Do you take the time, uh, not just to, to read it, but like every time that you're reading it, like, like reflect on the message? You set that intention for yourself? Um, no. I just, it's no. just there for like the remembrance. So like, or you, or you mean the, the quotes I write down, or no? The quote, yeah. The, like, let's take the, the Lincoln quote. Like, it's it's there as a reminder. But do you you go? Do you also like in that moment when you read it? Could be any time during the day. Take that extra beat to go. This is the thought behind yes. it. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. For I, sure. I do that with the uh, Daily Stoic. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. like I'll read the passage every morning, and then I used to uh, journal out what like what it would mean to me and how and like reflect on mm-hmm. um, how it uh, coincides with the goals I have. Um, but now what I've been doing, uh, is I'll read the passage and then I have a timer to just take the next two to three minutes to just reflect on it. Of course you yeah. said a timer. <laughs> I, listen, it's just like, cause you know, cause I, I feel like the, the timers, it, it helps with the discipline, you yeah. know, like yeah, we, yeah. we were talking about metrics not so long ago, a couple minutes ago. Um, if I know I have X amount of time and during this time, I'm a hundred percent committed to thinking about the message and how it relates to me, yeah. I'm more likely to do it. Yeah. You know, and then over time, well, maybe you don't need the timer or whatnot, but. You know, Daily Stoic has a companion journal that's meant to go uh, yeah. with it, which yeah. I'd never have gotten, but I've read Daily Stoic every morning for probably four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At too. least. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the cover is nice and worn. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Excellent. So uh, I'll pass it over to you. I lost my train of thought, but. Um, oh, I remember. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Dave's the quotes guy. That's what I know. <laughs> and quotes and jokes. Yes. Okay. Quotes and Quote, jokes. Quotes and jokes. <laughs> If you want a good joke, just listen to a musician's mindset. Podcast, <laughs> right? He's got plenty of them. Um, let's talk about what you're working on right now, how people can find you, um, you know, what you're passionate about as far as like the, your musical projects mm-hmm. and what's exciting as we get towards the end of the talk here. Um, I'm excited to be working on a couple of, um, I mean, it's unfortunate to say that they, these are not public things. It's a lot of like corporate gigs coming up that I have that I'll be contracting for which um, kind of the most volume that I've ever dealt with in the year for doing that. So that's exciting. But as far as things that people could check out, mm, I need to get back into the, the, um, an, an old habit of mine, which was like recording and, and just posting things for, for myself for fun. Um, and that's got to happen this year for me. It's one that I've been trying to resurrect for a long time. Didn't you have a thing where you recorded yourself playing every day for like a year, like a video or something? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not even of me playing. It's just I've but been... every day. 
yeah, that's just a, a habit that I've just tried to do for like enjoying life a little bit more. I will get a video of this room before I leave right? because I'm on a streak of like, I think it's like 500 or so days wow. right now of just a tiny little video that I can just watch in one like eight minute long clip or wow. something like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Like a video uh, diary or journal mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. yeah, I had an app for it at the time and then lost the app, but I've still kept it up and I can still just go through that album on my phone to do it. That's cool. Yeah. But um, as far as stuff that, yeah, I, I don't think I've got anything too um, exciting coming up. Me and Dave are, are monthly at um, a spot in, in uh, Bel Air called Vibrato, which is a show that I always, always love doing um, with our friend Luke. Um, and that's with like a 12 piece band. Um, and we'll be there, I mean, once a month uh, till the end of the year, at the very least. And it's a blast of a show. What days of the week are you guys there? Uh, it's always a Friday or a Saturday. Yeah, it's usually yeah. Friday. If you're in yeah. Los Angeles area, mm -hmm. you want to come check them out. Yeah. Uh, any other questions? No, this has been great. Thanks, man. Ooh, thank you guys for having me. Great is an understatement. I would think this has been phenomenal. I think like really, really excellent uh, points of view and um, nuggets of wisdom for sure. So uh, any that. final uh, thoughts you'd like to share with anybody listening? They're dying for another Dave Johnson <laughs> joke, okay? But so <laughs> before we get to that... Uh, uh, anything else you want to leave the audience? Sure thing. I can wet your palate, but it won't be with a joke. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I can remember my time coming out of school where gigs were really, really hard to come by. I think that career-wise, that's probably the hardest part. I would say that I've experienced. Um, just focus on you know your practice, what you're doing at the time, um, like growing musically. There's only so much you can do professionally to try and get the work to come in. And when it's starting off, it's like really slow. But the hardest transition is always from like zero to one, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. mm -hmm. getting your first gig, getting your first regular gig. I mean, you could start like going places and start talking to people. And I think it's good. But at some point, um, just focus on, uh, you know, you're playing, you're singing, whatever you might be doing, you're producing um, and just build something that you're proud of. Um, and focus on that if the work's not coming in. Yeah. All will be revealed. Yeah. yeah. Well, that has been an excellent talk. Thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Dave. Jason. Give the audience what they want. Please do <laughs> it, man. How do you keep a fool in suspense? I don't know. I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> All right. Until next week. Oh, man. <laughs> Jokes and quotes. We'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. <laughs>